But let's discuss your biggest obstacles from practicing medicine to starting this new business. Yeah. Did you surprise yourself with this decision? Yes, 100%. So this business was also, aside from my you know, third baby, my, my true midlife crisis, right? <laughs> I had always said, I'm pouring my heart and soul into two things, my family and my interaction with patients. And everything I did at work was very personal. And I was very happy to say, I love working part-time for a hospital and punching a time card. I could never own my own business. I could never learn about the intricacies of finance and I never can handle technology. I couldn't do any of that. I realized that was an absolute joke. You know, if you are passionate about something and you care, you can do anything. Welcome back to Bucketless Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie, your host. Thanks for joining me for another episode. That was Dr. Tracy Chevelle, who you just heard from. She was once a successful high-risk OBGYN in the New York area who stopped practicing. Not because she wasn't good at her job or feeling fulfilled treating her patients. She was at the top of her game, but Tracy saw a need for a different kind of maternal support. With practices becoming bigger and bigger these days, caregivers becoming harder to access and connect with one-on-one, Tracy increasingly saw a void. Where is the support so desperately needed for maternal mental health in all phases? Pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, pregnancy, postpartum. That's the why behind Tracy's new venture, Blue Moon Perinatal. We'll talk how she built it, the direction for its growth that she envisions, and why this pivot is more meaningful than Tracy ever imagined. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about the pivot my life has taken and my career has taken, and I kind of feel like I'm getting a chance to start over, and that's really exciting. 100%. And This podcast episode could not be recorded at a better time because as I told you, my sister just had her first child and it was such a long road for her, which makes it even more special. And I'm a mother of three teenagers. I'm getting to see this through a new lens, a more current lens, of course. I'm specifically seeing the increasingly complex medical system that you speak about on your website that we'll get into in this episode, I'm sure, you know, how women are having to navigate that. And that's why you started Blue Moon Perinatal. Absolutely. To your point, women over the last 10 years, I've been working at a local hospital for 20 years, really for my whole career. Yeah. And I've always loved what I do. I've always been very passionate about it. But in the beginning, it was so much easier. Women were informed. They had a relationship with their OBGYN that was real and meaningful. And over the last 20 years, the system is changing so much that women are becoming more and more disenfranchised. And at the same time, not only are they becoming more disconnected, their care providers who really care about them are also becoming very disconnected. And you sort of alluded to this in your sentence, but the system itself is kind of responsible for that disconnect. Yeah. That's increasingly, you know, becoming more and more of an issue. Bigger groups, multi-specialty groups, hospital takeovers with large healthcare systems, yeah. insurance companies setting the rules. It's not getting better. It's sort of taking a turn. It's a different landscape, I would say. And this is what sparked you to become a guide. And we're going to talk about Blue Moon more in depth. But why don't we dial it back to start your journey? And you mentioned that you were practicing high-risk OBGYN for many years at your community hospital. Tell me what you experienced there that led you down this different path. 
I came straight out of fellowship training in the city to my local community hospital, which was really an incredibly, incredibly rewarding place to work. We had a really diverse mix of patients, students, residents, you know, it, it really was everything and more. And for a long time, I sort of very quietly said to myself, I really got the perfect work-life balance and oh. it's wonderful. And my patients were, they were supported and what I gave them related to sort of what they had to deal with in my office, the high risk side of things. Right. I felt that when they left, I gave them what they needed from me and they went back to the system that they came from and they got what they needed there. And so I provided really consultative care for many years Mm -hmm. um, and stepped in when things got complicated, when either there was an ultrasound finding that was abnormal or whether there was a maternal health issue. And so for many years, that was my role to kind of step in when things got tough. Part of what I also did during that process was act as a navigator with their care provider, with supplemental care that they'd need as a result of that diagnosis. And we would very, very commonly struggle with very loaded emotional topics. We would often have to talk about the things that are the most difficult to talk about. And what were some of those? I I made a lot of prenatal diagnoses and some of them were complex. Some of them involved making difficult choices. Some of them involved needing to deliver an extremely premature baby. Some of them involved telling a woman that this pregnancy she had hoped for and wished for her whole life wasn't gonna happen. So hard, yeah. And just really devastating things. And I learned very quickly that learning how to navigate the most challenging times with your patients can often make so much of a difference in their lives that sometimes it can even outweigh giving the good news. The good news is easy, but getting someone through a really rough time in the right way can really change someone's life forever. As much as I hated the difficult times, I learned that that's where so much real care happens. And over the years, I started to realize that more and more that should have been simple was becoming difficult for women. Which is back to our original point, right? Which, and you say it's to no fault of the doctors. None. But practices becoming bigger and bigger and, and caregivers less easy to get access to. So you started seeing that. Yes. I mean, just to, just to give an example that I, that I talk about so often, to me, it's one of the big tragedies of like the pregnancy and fertility journey. When a woman gets pregnant, one in four chemically recognized pregnancies end in miscarriage and very, very high numbers of pregnancies that begin that have a heartbeat don't continue. That's something that so many women experience in their journey. So women who have, you know, three kids may have had two miscarriages and they don't talk about it. Right. But a very common sort of situation that I'd be in is I'd have to be the one to walk in and say to that woman who's sitting here with a six week dream, there's no heartbeat. And navigating that system became so challenging. So you're introducing this highly emotionally charged traumatic event. And then on the other end, the patient now has to take that. What happened? Why? And they often can't even get through to their doctor's office to schedule a procedure that because the procedure is viewed as a non-emergent procedure, they often will have to wait a week for, not have a follow-up for, 
And that just became more and more profoundly obvious to me. Not only that, there was no place for women to put that grief. There was no emotional support. There were no support groups. And this is something that is so common. And so imagine at a bigger scale, now we're talking about postpartum depression and we're talking about mental health and pregnancy is reaching crisis levels. Yes. What are we doing with all of that? And that's when I started to become uncomfortable. You said that you felt that the system had to be fixed from the inside out. And there was a time when so many of us took pause, and that was COVID. So talk to me about what went on during that time frame, because I know you needed unexpected surgery and you had a prolonged recovery. So walk us through how this affected you and your perspective. Well, I will say not to sound like the eternal optimist, COVID and the pandemic were just a really traumatic time as a collective, Mm -hmm. but there were some silver linings to it. For me personally, I stepped away when things got really tough and I had this vision and this dream of creating a mental health and wellness center for moms during their journeys. And I realized that that was something that wasn't a highly profitable venture for institutions. Mm -hmm. Institutions make money off procedures, not necessarily mental health care provision. But this was so frustrating to me. And COVID came about and all of medicine went online for a short time. True. But not only that, the mental health care system went online. Right. And that was a game changer because access became an option for women who never had access before. And this concept of doing therapy online and making connections online started to evolve. And as you mentioned, I had a surgery that took months to recover. During that time, I was still speaking to women every single day. I was the one who always gave out their cell phone number and got yelled at by my family members. What are you doing? It's Saturday. And Oh, we love doctors like you. (laughs) Yeah, no. We do. I mean, I'm laughing, but it's true. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Look, to me, having a medical degree is an honor. And if I can help someone with the knowledge that I have in a half hour phone call on a Saturday, why would I mind that? It's a gift. So anyway, I was doing a lot of this conversation with patients. My husband looked at me. He's like, what what are you doing? He's like, you're seeing, you're talking to people all day, every day. Like, what are you doing? And I said to myself, what am I doing? (laughs) My life's work, the stuff that's fueling my soul. (laughs) But yeah, exactly. I'm very satisfied. And all of a sudden, this sort of perfect storm happened where things were being viewed online as being actually helpful. And I started thinking to myself, wow, I don't have the financial resources to rent an office, buy an ultrasound machine, hire a secretary, but I can build a website and I can build an online practice. Right. Look at it. I have two kids who are also teenagers, but I really look at this as like my third baby. I started to sort of gestate this idea of how can I maybe provide what's missing and maybe what's missing in the services that we're offering is a navigator, is a friend, is a guide. I spent my whole career when I was in the hospital and out of the hospital thinking like, what if your best friend was a doctor? And that's always what I tried to give to my patients. I delivered all my best friend's kids. You know, I I, I did that. I love that. And <laughs> Really what I was doing when I was talking to women, I wasn't necessarily giving them the 10 steps that they had to follow to become pregnant. I was translating what their doctors had told them. I was explaining why they needed to pay attention to the baby's movements and why this number was this number and expanding on 20 years. 
expanding too because sometimes you just feel there's not enough time in those office visits or whatever to get to all the questions in depth. Yeah. Yeah. And the time is shrinking. Not only that, when we hear information in a doctor's office, it will often take us a minute to process it. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, I didn't ask this. I didn't ask that. What does that mean? And then you all of a sudden go to what? To Google. And then you're royally screwed. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> oh, I'm guilty of it. Who isn't? Me too. We're down the Google rabbit hole and I have 10 forms of cancer and my baby's going to have autism and be paralyzed. And I mean, it's it's a disaster. <laughs> you, know, you can make yourself crazy for sure. Yes. But let's discuss your biggest obstacles from practicing medicine to starting this new business. Yeah. Did you surprise yourself with this decision? Yes, 100%. So this business was also, aside from my you know, third baby, my, my true midlife crisis, right? <laughs> I had always said, I'm pouring my heart and soul into two things, my family and my interaction with patients. And everything I did at work was very personal. And I was very happy to say, I love working part-time for a hospital and punching a time card. I could never own my own business. I could never learn about the intricacies of finance and I never can handle technology. I couldn't do any of that. I realized that was an absolute joke. You know, if you are passionate about something and you care, you can do anything. Right. You said to me, building a website, setting up an LLC, social media advertising, you actually said none of it is work. How is that true? No. Well, they're all the necessary steps I have to take to get women what they really need and what they're not getting. And so, yes, I'm a nana with technology. And I I, I was told somebody slacked someone and I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) And I been told 20 times I've got to do reels. And I'm like, oh my God, and my teenagers are the only teenagers in America who don't enjoy social media. Oh, oh you're lucky. And, Consider yourself lucky. Well, <laughs> yeah, and can't, I can't help me. So I'm like, can anybody help me? Right. But it's very much like medical school in a way. Having to disimpact somebody in the emergency room who hasn't gone to the bathroom in six days was a stepping stone to me having the most fulfilling career I ever could have imagined. Oh, I love that. While Instagram is not exactly like disimpacting someone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends on the account, but. Exactly, exactly. It's true. It's not as difficult when it's a means to an end. And I actually found building a website, putting the content on while it's a process, I'm open to growth and I'm open to learning. If I have to learn these things to sort of get where I need to get, that's okay. Because I'm not just, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for a mission and I'm doing this for a purpose. What do you think is the key in terms of the mindset though? Because that's really how you evolve, I think, professionally to achieve your purpose. Is there such a thing as professional purpose? And what is the ideal headspace to be in to get yourself on that track? Oh, that's such a good question. I know. It's weighty. It is weighty. But, you know, it's interesting. I see a lot of parallels in the advice I give to my clients and the advice I give to myself. And I think that when you talk about the headspace to be in, it's a lot like I, you know, describe the pregnancy journey. You have to be empowered. You have to believe in yourself. I have to believe in myself to have the ability to create something that doesn't exist. If I'm saying something important, someone will hear it. And the analogy to that with my practice is I will say to patients, do not ever apologize when you go into, I'm sorry, but I just have this one question. Don't ever say, am I annoying you? I just have one more thing to ask. You have to be empowered because what you're saying 
is important. You are growing a human, right? So that's important. So you have to be empowered. And deep down, I'm taking my own advice, right? In this professional new space, I have to try to believe in myself. Right. And I also think it's really important in this pivot to be really open. I try to teach my kids, everybody has something to bring to the table. In pivoting in my business, I'm trying to speak to everybody I can. It doesn't matter if there's somebody big or somebody small, everybody can sort of bring something to trying to help advance what I'm trying to advance. Sure. And having the humility to go and ask. Absolutely. All the questions that you said are real. All those questions matter. Absolutely. Those are amazing nuggets of wisdom. Thank you. We live in a society where it's easier for people who are extraordinarily successful to continue to be extraordinarily successful. And I had to take a leap of faith, right? And I had to be willing to say, okay, I am going to do this and I might not have immediate reward while I'm in the growth phase. And I'm not really in a position where that's comfortable, but I know that if this is something that women need, it will happen. And so the last thing, and I, again, parallels to pregnancy, which is the ultimate leap of faith, I think key to pivoting in any career change, especially if you're financially going to be a little uncomfortable for a while, is to take a leap of faith if you think you're really mission-driven. Really great takeaways. Thank you, Tracy. You nailed that. You nailed that. I ask every guest. Of course. I know you want to get the message out there that your goal is to help all women. It's not procedure-based or revenue generating for hospitals or systems. So speak to that. And what do you see Blue Moon achieving in five to 10 years? Where do you see it? Uh, Now I get to really like fantasize. (laughs) So what I offer women at a granular level is my time and my guidance and my counsel and education. And we do that in one hour sessions. We do that in five hour packages, 10 hour packages, depending on the situation. And so at a granular level, my initial goal for Blue Moon is to have a full practice of women who are being empowered, being educated and feeling supported from pre-pregnancy all the way to the end of the fourth trimester so that their pregnancy is healthier, that they feel they're getting what they're missing and that they're able to be better parents, better people and just healthier. And so my initial goal is to have Blue Moon be full and to have women who are saying, we want this, we want more, we want more. And then I really want this model to be something that can in the next five to 10 years scale up This shouldn't just be for women who can pay for it. This should be for all women. And I think there are ways to do that. And so, you know, my hope is to get this word out, get as many patients as I can, fill my practice, and then have those women take this message out and say, you know what? This is not something that is a luxury. It's a necessity. I have lots of visions and dreams about how to scale it up and You know, I'd like to go on Oprah with my book that I've just written and tell everybody like, this is what our system needs. Technology is accelerating faster than the physicians and the caregivers are. So we've got to make those two get married. That's my goal. This has been such a journey and it is something that is so sorely lacking in terms of the public eye. We are aware now that maternal mortality in this country is higher than any other developed country in the world. What? And so this is becoming a public healthcare crisis. So I'd like to be loud. I'd like to disrupt a little bit too. I'm happy to help 
in Thank that you. goal. And you know, it's such a good time right now with social media. So many women out there talking in, yes. in Facebook groups or even just DMing and such. You know, people feel much more emboldened in a good way yes. to reach out. Yes. I love that. And that will help, I think, spread your word. If we're sending people online, the best place is your website. Why don't you tell me the website and the IG handle? The website is very creative and complicated. It's <laughs> www.bluemoonperinatal.com. And I bet you can guess my Instagram handle is at bluemoonperinatal. There you go. No, that's perfect. You want to keep it simple. That's how we remember. Absolutely. All right, great. Absolutely. Everybody should go check it out. Thank you so much, Thank Tracy. You. I really enjoyed this. And I learned a lot too, which is a win-win for me and for everybody listening. So thanks Aww. for taking the time again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, we're up to 66 episodes and counting. Thanks so much for your continued support and for listening. If you have a guest idea, somebody you know whose career narrative has a great pivot and you think it's the right fit for what we do here on the show, please DM me at BucketListCareers or email me Krista at BucketListCareersPodcast.com. Love to hear from you. All right, a fresh guest next week. As always, be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.